so you think you've got what it takes to join the Alliance. Can you say the same thing when you're pitted against the Emperor's legions of stormtroopers, led by his Sith enforcer Darth Vader? Mind you, this is the Empire that wiped out the Jedi Order and took over the Republic in a near-perfect coup. The course you will take is a dangerous one, and we are vastly outnumbered. We need beings of courage, intelligence, and strength of will. Commanders Michael Cohen and Matthew Franke are waiting to debrief you. As veterans of the Clone Wars, they are some of the best. They even survived the Jedi Purge. You are fighting for freedom and hope now. So go on, get moving. Oh, and Rookie. Welcome to the Rebellion. Hello, and welcome back to the Rebels podcast. Uh, this is our fifth prologue episode. Uh, I'm one of your hosts, Michael Cohen, and with me, my faithful co-pilot, Matt the Crankster Cranky. What's up, my friend? Hey, we got a lot of stuff to talk about today, We man. do, we do. Huge, it. Yeah. Uh, people may know that it was just Comic-Con uh, yeah. this past weekend, so there's a lot of information. And in order to properly dissect yeah. and, and digest... And ourselves. A, a, and a third D word, uh, all of this information, I, I, we've brought on actually two guests this, this uh, for this month's episode. So uh, we've got, uh, everybody knows Tim. we got Tim Jirasi from uh, Star Wars The Saga Continues, one of our, uh, our partner podcasts. Uh, say hi, Tim. Hey, what's up, guys? Glad to be making my first appearance on the Rebels podcast. The yes, first yeah, your first, your first appearance on the Rebels podcast, definitely not your last. Uh, but people may know Tim from, like I said, Star Wars The Saga Continues, as well as Frontlines The Clone Wars podcast. Uh, if you don't, go go subscribe, download, listen to both of those podcasts. What are you yes. doing here listening to us talk about <laughs> Rebels when you are so behind on so much else? Hey, we just uh, finished Frontlines, too, Mike. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We just got the last yeah. one out. So just wrapped it up. So, uh, and then uh, to help us get a little bit of the uh, the female perspective on Star Wars Rebels, which we have been woefully uh, uh, remiss in in in, uh, in addressing mm-hmm. uh, to any sort of depth, uh, we've got Teresa Delgado Lutha. <laughs> it's just Teresa Delgado. It's only okay. Lutha on Facebook. Okay. <laughs> But I just like okay. Steve always says it. Steve always says it. Yeah, he has this thing about TV. that. Yeah. He does. I think he just likes to say it. It rolls off the tongue. And such yeah. as. And, and such, such as. as. <laughs> <laughs> I knew exactly uh, what he was well, talking about. Uh, anyway, people, go ahead. Mike. Let people know where they can, uh, where, where they might know you from, Teresa. Um, well, I do a show on the Rebel Force Radio Network called Fangirls Going Rogue. Um, I also have a Star Wars books and comics podcast called Star Wars Bookworms. That's a part of the Star Wars Report podcasting network. Um, and I do a Disney show, too. So, What's the Disney show? People, oh, am I going to plug awesome. Disney here? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, it's called Disney Vault Talk, and it's a part of the Geek Out Loud Goaliverse when I do that with Steve Glosson. So he's awesome. Hey, yes. Mike. Uh, hey, Mike. I'm just thinking of this now. She's part yeah. of three different networks of podcasts. Yes. We might have to th- throw another one at her. What do you think, man? Yeah, we'll get you. You're spread out, out Teresa. You're spread out all over the place. This yeah. is, this hey, cool. you know, I found that I started off as a blogger, and now I've slowly discovered that I've become more of a podcaster than a blogger. Mm-hmm. So... You know, why not? Yeah, hey. Well, you know what happened? Uh, 
podcasting happened and there were there were these couple of podcasts out there for a little while and then slowly everybody started to get a podcast then all of a sudden everyone has one right so how do you distinguish yourself in the podcasting community as a true blue podcaster well you have to have more than one that's that's the whole key is like <laughs> uh, if you have just one podcast then then you're you're not doing it right that's uh that's come on tim but, yeah Tim's also got got the Batman podcast, right? Oh, that's right. That's right. Pussy does all the writing for Clone Wars and the Rebels podcast, so we keep. Yeah, yeah. He's our news guy, so 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 he's definitely affiliated. There we go. But yeah, cool. Well, I let's jump into the the sort of uh, our biggest piece uh, here at Rebels Podcast. Uh, We we were lucky enough to get an invite to the special uh, San Diego Comic Con screening for rebels and uh although i was not able to make it down to san diego and matt was not able to make it down to san diego we are very lucky that tim is uh is just a a couple hours away and uh and and he was he was a trooper and uh and headed down there even though he wasn't going to comic-con wow he he sacrificed for us mike hop down there to (laughs) go to the screening and uh and then give us his report so tim i tell us what you can tell us like because uh, I, I know it was it was very a uh, secretive and uh, and and you're kind of it wasn't a finished product but you definitely saw something awesome tell us all about it yeah right off the bat the screening was great <laughs> i mean just general impression just walking in there that there you see this big logo of the stormtrooper helmet with the rebel tag on there just when you walk there there it's like the first thing is like oh man this is going to be great mm. but yeah they made a point to say that it wasn't finished but from what I saw, it was pretty much mostly finished. They even said, you probably won't notice it. The only things that I noticed were like some scene transitions where there'd be a little black screen for like a second or two as it transitioned to another scene. But everything else, it was like the finished episode. It was pretty much the first uh, two episodes that's going to be like the hour-long premiere when it uh, debuts in October on the Disney Channel. But yeah, just general impressions of it was I, I walked away a happy Star Wars fan. <laughs> I mean, cool. Pretty much the first moment. I probably won't go into too much spoiler territory because it's probably something you should experience for the first time, not knowing too much. But just, uh, yeah, the thing that stuck out to me were characters were great. Overall, the animation was great. Maybe not quite on the same level as Clone Wars, but again, it's, it was kind of expected from what we saw in the early trailers and stuff. But overall, yeah. I was impressed with it still. And then the thing that probably left the biggest impression on me afterward was just the uh, amazing sound <laughs> editing sound design on that show the sound effects were awesome i couldn't tell you how cool it was hearing those classic sounds of like tie fighters and speeder bike sound effects zipping through in the speakers on the theater room it was really cool and then the music too one thing i know some fans and i would probably include myself in this too in clone wars was that i, I kind of wish we got a little more of the classic star wars scenes we were familiar with but rebels so far in these two episodes it's making up for that <laughs> they played a yeah. lot of cool familiar themes that we've heard in the new hope and yeah i just felt like these two episodes were taken straight out of the ot it just had that feel to it it was fast paced editing the action great uh, character dialogue it was funny so it just everything really worked overall i was just really happy with it that's what i got from watching these trailers is that you just said about the comedy and and that's something that jumped at me at the last two trailers i saw the bigger ones the extended ones that they did have that comedy. I, I was wondering if that was going to work, and it sounds like Tim, it worked. Did was the the trailers that are out right now, Tim? All the trailers that are out. There's like five or six of them now. 
Is all those trailers part of this first two episodes? Um, no, they're not actually because oh, okay. the stuff they showed at Comic-Con, the trailer, the new trailer after the panel and then those exclusive clips they had there, mm-hmm. none of that was in the episodes that I saw. Oh, wow. Which wow. Is, okay. Which is kind of cool because after the screening, they had they showed the trailer that they showed at the panel. Mm-hmm. And that was my first time seeing it. So I was blown away after I saw that. It just got you more hyped up seeing that first two episodes and then getting that trailer. And seeing all this cool stuff they showed, like Luminara on Duel. I was like, oh, wow, she's still alive. How awesome is that? Yeah, let's, you just brought it up, Mike. What's, uh, I'm trying to think. The last time we saw her was in episode three. She was on Kashyyyk for a, a, just a brief second. Actually, and... the last time that we saw Luminara and well, I mean, I guess chronologically, yes, would be episode three. Chronologically, three, yeah, the last episode time three. that we right. saw her was in an episode of The Clone Wars. Right. So right. Um, people have been asking if Clone Wars characters will make uh, uh, reappearances in in Rebels. And, and Dave Filoni on a couple of occasions has said, absolutely, mm-hmm. you will see characters. Like, he, he worked on the Clone Wars. Why wouldn't he, he bring characters back? So mm-hmm. um, I wonder if this is just the beginning or maybe if it's the extent. But, but it is interesting to see that character return. I think I, that's a character that I don't think that anybody was sitting there going like, oh, yeah. That's who we'll see come back. Yeah, right. I think I think it's probably just the beginning because he did say something at the panel. But the yeah. thing that I kind of noticed is that we may not see because a lot of people were wondering if we'd see Quinlan Voss or Asajj Ventress. But I don't think we will, as they announced a new book yeah. that is going to be centered around them, based off of Clone Wars scripts. So that kind of makes me a little bit sad because I wanted to see Ventress, but um, oh well. Well, we'll have to wait until that book comes out, right? Because who knows how that ends. Um, right. Because actually, I, just to talk about that, it's kind of more Clone Wars related, but just to talk about that piece of news, uh, on that in that cover image for that book, uh, Asajj doesn't quite look as, uh, as, as dark side as she has in the past. I think she even has some hair. So I... Uh, it's it's interesting. It's interesting that the direction that they're going with that. Uh, it's yet another piece of the Clone Wars that wasn't produced that we're still gonna get. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, and going forward, we know that that they're trying to treat everything as canon. So um, it's uh, it'll be it'll be. I I'm very very interested to see how that story plays out and if that's closure for the character of Asajj Ventress or if it's yet another adventure sort of on that character's evolution because obviously on the Clone Wars we saw her go through mm-hmm. a very big transformation from, from the beginning of the series, from the movie to uh, towards the end. So um, so yeah, that's it's, that's exciting stuff that's come out of Comic-Con. But uh, is, was there anything else about the, about the screening that you wanted to share with us, Tim? Um, as far as Rebels goes, I would just say probably some of the standout uh, characters for me that I probably took away from, yeah, like the left an impression on me the most was one I probably didn't expect was uh, probably out of the main Rebels crew. Zeb was the Zeb, one who yeah. stood out. Yeah, you say that. <laughs> he was, he yeah. was really funny. He had some of the best lines. And just there was a one funny moment with him uh, as they're trying to make their way onto the Star Destroyer. I won't say what it is, but it got the whole theater laughing. And he'll, I think everyone will crack up once they see it. Cool. But this his interaction with Ezra worked real good too, because they even said how they don't get along right away, and that lets them some funny interactions with them too. So Zeb was the standout character, but overall, I pretty much enjoyed all the characters. I didn't 
say to myself afterwards, well, I like this character and this one didn't really work. I enjoyed all of them. Each one had their strengths and had their moments. Some were in it or focused more than others. Sabine really didn't have that much in these first two episodes, but still, she had a cool presence there. So everyone worked really good, which was something great to come right off on the first two episodes that everything was clicking on right away. So just can't wait to see down the road as we get more familiar with this character, just how much more uh, enjoyable it's going to be seeing these characters grow through, cool. go through what they go through forming the Rebel Alliance. So I can't wait for more. Should, uh, so, should, pe- should people be worried about Ezra like they are? Like, is, is he, or can you sort of assuage some people's uh, uh, sort of, uh, I, I don't know, stress around that character? Because I think I've heard a lot of people online sort of worried that he's going to be a lot like Ahsoka was yeah. at the beginning of, of the Clone Wars. And obviously, the, the comeback to that is, well, look at Ahsoka by the end of the series. But can you can you just give us some insight on his character and, and how similar he is to Ahsoka? Yeah, I mean, I walked away with a better impression with Ezra after I seen these episodes because okay. I saw that those impressions are like concerns that some fans had about it. But, um, yeah, he worked really good for the story they were telling. And I will say, too, that I'm just comparing him to Ahsoka's first appearance in the Clone Wars movie. I think Ezra ended up a lot better because uh, mm-hmm. after seeing Ahsoka in the first time, I'll be honest and say she wasn't my favorite character after yeah. that movie. Yeah. But, yeah, Ezra just left a better impression on me. Just he, You see the comparisons, too, right when he was announced when he got that video how he was called, like, the Space Aladdin or something like that. Right. That, that was me, yeah. That was yeah. Me. <laughs> that, that's pretty accurate in the first act of the okay. episode, so that's there. But what he goes through and how he interacts with Kanan and the stuff we get with his Force abilities, I thought worked really well. And just how the episodes ended with him and Kanan, there's a moment there that gets you excited at what's going to be in store for these two characters okay. as they kind of work as a master and apprentice. So, yeah, Ezra worked really well in this. I think if Eight, anyone has concerns, they could uh, probably just wait till they see the episode and see if your opinion changes, because I think you'll enjoy it. Okay. Yeah, Tim, I had a quick question for you. I mean, well, first of all, none of y'all went to Star Wars Weekend, right? No. No, no we're all okay. West Coast. <laughs> okay, yeah, so you guys didn't see the clip of Ezra that they showed at Star Wars Weekends that still hasn't been released anywhere. Um, so I'm going to ask Tim a question. I hope he might know if this was in the episode. Was there something having to do with Ezra and a slingshot and a TIE fighter? No, there wasn't. I was actually... Okay. Because those right. were in the Spark and Ignite trailers from way back. Mm-hmm. And I was expecting to see that. It would be the first episode, but it wasn't. So I guess they're saving that maybe for the second episode. Okay, because they had a really long clip of that. Like the, the Spark and Ignite trailers kind of showed a, like a s- small smidgen of that. But then what we got to see at Star Wars Weekends was like, you know, a lot longer. So I didn't know if that would be a part of those episodes. And I can agree with you that after seeing the clip I saw at Star Wars Weekends, I got really excited about Ezra after seeing that. So I just yeah. was kind of curious. Yeah. I mean, like I said, once you see these first two episodes and see how he interacts with the crew and just the stuff he's able to do. And then just, I think what adds to him is the fact that he's force sensitive, but yet he doesn't really know what it is, but then that draws them to Kanan. So there's just some cool stuff in there that I think fans are going to like. Did you see the Inquisitor in these first two episodes? Just at the very end. <laughs> ah, okay. okay. Just so kind of like... that, that, that clip that's in, I think, one of the trailers of the that tra- came out. Mm-hmm. That look ahead trailer. Okay. So that was one of the first, the Inquisitors, one of the first characters that we got notice of 
And a lot of his stuff was kept secret. And just until recently, we found out who was playing. And they had this really cool clip. And I guess we're going to wait until uh, maybe third or fourth or fifth episode before we see something like that. Do you really think you can save the boy? For his sake, surrender. I'm not making deals with you. Hmm. Then we'll let him make one, shall we? Your master cannot save you, boy. He is unfocused and undisciplined. Then we're perfect for each other. I do so admire your persistence. Ready to die? Nice little bit of humor there. And, and here's the thing. You guys, everybody's still there, by the way? We yep. Have, okay. So um, Jason Isaacs playing the Inquisitor. I was really excited about this. This guy, is uh, he seems to always play like a bad guy. Of course, he's been in uh, yeah. Harry Potter, and he's been in a couple of things, The Patriot with Mel Gibson, always you know, kind of like that bad guy. And I just I love this guy. I love his voice. And, that, and the voice actors they have on this show, I mean, him, pretty big actor, and uh, Agent Callis, Michael Oyelowo. Uh, another another pretty big time actor, you know, he's he's doing a lot of stuff, Rise of the Planet of the Apes and stuff like that. So, the voice cast seems they seem to be stepping it up with 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 this voice cast. Mike, uh, what do you think about these two these two guys and and finding out that Isaac's is doing the Inquisitor? Yeah, I mean, we, we got sort of our our first couple of peaks since the last time that we, that we recorded an episode. We've gotten our first few peaks at, at the bad guys mm-hmm. and I uh, I uh, sort of in depth looks. And and that voice casting came out, which I uh, both of these are not sorry, not both of these, but but um, uh, Oyelowo uh, was uh, sort of rumored to be part of this and episode seven, right? Uh, right. And it's sort of both, and uh, and I think that we can decisively say that that he's not going to be in episode seven as the same character. Um, there are some definite physical characteristics that are yeah. a little bit different, right. yeah. Um, just a little bit, yeah. Just a little bit, but I, <laughs> uh, but man, uh, both of these actors are are fairly well known uh, mm-hmm. and and definitely high high class, high caliber performers. So right. uh, Jason Isaacs as the Inquisitor makes me interested in the Inquisitor for the first time. Mm-hmm. Everything else about this character for me has been kind of has kind of put me off the. The double-bladed spinny lightsaber that looks like the General Grievous toy was kind of lame, in my opinion. The, okay, uh, I'm glad you brought that up, Mike, just before the, you head on, because that yeah. was that was a contention of mine, too. I, I wasn't feeling the, when he started spinning it around in that clip. Yeah. I was like, oh, I, I don't know about I that. I liked Ezra's line, but yeah, I, I just feel right. like it's a little bit too gimmicky. Yeah. Um, and we know how gimmicks go with Star Wars villains, right? So right. Uh, it's I'm, I'm, not, I'm not super thrilled about that, but... With with this voice casting, uh, it means that that character is going to have have some more meat to him. I think than we've uh, <clears throat> that has been led on so far. Right? He's he's going to be a, a much more interesting character. 
mm-hmm. than than uh, than I think we were anticipating. So I uh, so I'm really excited about that. I'm excited that he's not the main bad guy. I'm excited that 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 he's going to be held off. And as Tim said, he's not even in the first two episodes, with the exception of a little hologram cameo. Right. Um, so that's a that's a good sign to me that that we're going to hold off. He's going to be uh, someone to contend with, and then and then when he's been dealt with, then we might get to see Darth Vader, right? So it's kind of right. what we've been talking about for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, that whole question of like, why not Darth Vader? Well, you can't have Darth Vader because how do they beat Darth Vader? Because if Vader shows up, then then our rebel cell is is toast, right? He'll just wipe them out. Right. But this way, we we have we got to get through Callus, and then we got to get through the Inquisitor. And then maybe we can get, you know, work our way up to uh, <laughs> big boys. So maybe a moth, and then maybe Vader, yeah. right? So, yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, that, that's exciting to me. I think that's a that that the the casting is is a good choice. Uh, I know Jason Isaacs as Captain Hook from uh, from the live action Peter Pan movie mm-hmm. from from the early two thousands. But I, I most people are going to know him as as Lucius Malfoy. Right. From yeah. Harry Potter. So, um, and, and he's excellent in that. But just my first experience with him as an actor was definitely that Peter Pan movie. So I always think of him as because uh, he is uh, uh, maybe with the exception of the very very different Captain Hook from Once Upon a Time. But that classic like bad guy Captain Hook, he's he's definitely my favorite incarnation of that character. Mm-hmm. So so that's kind of what I always go back to when I and I hear a lot of that in this in this voice performance uh, mm-hmm. there's a lot of that that captain hook right um sort of the the very high class british accent oh yeah yeah but then I just dripping with evil <laughs> like he's gonna yeah. murder a kid right yeah. like yeah. and yeah. uh and that's uh i don't know i think it's i think it's perfect i think there's a lot of really cool stuff um and when you have to cast you and when you cast somebody that's maybe a little bit more well known you you have to take into account the the sort of the emotional baggage that people are going to have attached to that character, and I think if people are coming in with that Lucius Malfoy thought in their brain when they're thinking about him, I think that that'll work really well for this character. I think that'll that'll help inform who he is a little bit. So, mm. Teresa, so I'm, I'm excited. Um, Teresa, you've actually got a chance to meet a lot of this this voice cast. What any impressions and and uh, any anything you want to talk about as far as the voice cast? Um, well, let's see. Vanessa Marshall's amazing. Right, yeah. Big fan, too. <laughs> yeah, she's a huge fan. But um, she's just an amazing person, and I think she, her personality, just as who she is, is very much who her character is. Mm-hmm. So she's actually not even really playing Hera. She's really just playing herself, which is so cool. Um, Tia is amazing. She's super duper nice, and um, she does have it's it's very. Vanessa's told me this several times that they're all basically playing themselves, and it really does seem that way. Mm-hmm. Um, it even seems like um, oh that Steve Bloom that Zeb is a lot like him as mm-hmm. a person, you know. So I think that I think that this is like it's a lot different from Clone Wars in the sense that everybody is playing a brand new character that they're getting to mold themselves and so it's gonna look a lot like them as a person as opposed to coming in and having to play Obi Wan Kenobi or Anakin, you know, and having to fit a mold of a character that was already made for that particular voice actor. 
So I think that it's going to be really good. I'm super excited about Jason Isaacs just because I love him as Lucius Malfoy. And I think what you said, Mike, is right. You know, having that image of, of Malfoy in your head going into this, it's it's still that high class kind of like Captain Hook sort of thing. And I know what Peter Pan you're talking about. Um, so I think that's really neat, too. I'm kind of excited to see who all comes in that has done other voice acting work just because I love voice actors. So it makes me kind of curious, like, are we going to get some of the Disney voice actors that do a lot of the Disney cartoons and things like that? Will they be doing voices as well? Um, So I'm very curious. Now, you mentioned before we started that there was a a question, I guess, at, uh, would you say it was Star Wars Weekends about Tia Sakaar and her devotion to... uh, or her, her knowledge of Star Wars. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah, that was actually at San Diego Comic-Con. Oh, Comic-Con, okay, the, okay. Yeah, it was at during the Rebels panel. Um, I don't know the exact question, but the gist of the question was asked to Tia because, well, first of all, if anybody doesn't know, Vanessa Marshall is a huge Star Wars fan, and it's pretty much out there everywhere to be seen that she's a huge Star Wars fan. Mm-hmm. Um, so this particular person asked Tia to basically prove that she was a real fan and to mm. validate her being able to be in Star Wars Rebels. Wow. What do they play, like Star Wars trivia? Or what do they do? What do they, how do you do that? How do you validate <laughs> that? You know what I mean? <laughs> right. I mean, they just wanted, they, they wanted to know that, you know, she deserved to have the role that she had. Mm. And in my personal opinion, I feel like that was extremely wrong for someone to do. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, she shouldn't have to validate her fandom. And there's two sides to that. There's the the fangirl side that why should she have to prove that she's a fan and not ask the guys to do the same thing? Yeah. You know, there's that. But then there's also these people are actors, you know. And, you know, not everybody that goes and takes an acting job is a fan of whatever it is that they're acting for. I mean, this is a job for them. You know, they go, they do an audition, they get a role, and they play it. You know, so who cares, really, if she's a fan or not? Right. You know, I mean, this is a job for her. Now, she has, of course, seen all the Star Wars films. She's seen, you know, all of the Clone Wars, to the best of my knowledge, you know, and she is learning more and more about Star Wars. And But why does that matter is Mm -hmm. my question. Like, why does it matter that she be able to validate that she's a Star Wars fan in order to prove that it's okay for her to play a Mandalorian. And that's just, that's the Star Wars fans, you know, like Mike, you know, it's like, we just, we tend to like, look at James Arnold Taylor. I mean, he knows a lot about Star Wars. We just tend to, to appreciate someone who is in a role and they appreciate the, the fandom that goes along with it, I guess. So, Mike, I cut you off. Go ahead. You were going to say? Yeah, well, I mean, the, the, you, you kind of made this point already, Theresa, but nobody asked Taylor Gray, who has been very public about the fact yeah. that he's not, he wasn't a big Star Wars fan before this, that, that like when he sort of got cast, he was like, oh, cool. Well, like he's, he'd obviously seen the movies, but, you know, everybody's kind of seen the movies, right? Just because you've seen the movies doesn't make you a big fan. Um, but... I think that one of the best things about Star Wars is that, generally speaking, maybe this person who asked the question hasn't gotten the memo yet, but generally speaking, the fandom is so welcoming, um, and and the community is infectious. So I don't know, uh, 
that that every single voice actor who worked on the Clone Wars came into the Clone Wars as a huge Star Wars fan. But I can tell you that everybody that I've met from the from the cast of the Clone Wars that's come out the other side of it is now a huge Star Wars fan. And I think that the majority of that is actually the community when the community functions the way that that I think we're used to seeing it, which is very welcoming, very open and uh, and very inclusive. So it, it's a it's a shame to hear that something like that would happen at Comic Con, um, and uh, it. But I do I do recognize that there is that side of the fandom that wants to know that everybody here is legit, right? But but like you said, these people are actors. Like they're 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 being paid to perform a role, and it's not about them knowing you know a, a ton about star wars or being huge fans it's about their their skills as an actor and how they fit those characters so i trust dave filoni to know whether or not tia is sabine and whether or not that character is right and uh, and he's he hasn't really steered us wrong the only casting that i will ever ever question is letting Simon Pegg anywhere near Star Wars <laughs> but that's just because he craps all over the prequels he hates the and prequels. then he gets to be yeah. Dengar in the Clone Wars yeah like, I know. like that, we talked about if, that yeah. if you want to get mad about somebody performing a voice get mad about something like that but when somebody doesn't have experience with Star Wars don't walk up to them I, I, and you know this is this is the guy's perspective but definitely don't walk up to the girls that are that are getting interested in Star Wars and go, yeah, well, uh, how many how many parsecs did uh, did the Millennium <laughs> Falcon make the Kessel Run in? Yeah. If you don't know that, you don't deserve to be a Star Wars fan. You should take that shirt off, right? Like, don't be that guy. Don't be that person because well, that's that's not cool. Like, we want Star Wars to be inclusive for everybody. And that includes the actors. That includes the people making Star Wars, you know? Well, I can't tell you how many times that that exact thing that you just said, Mike, has happened mm -hmm. to me. Mm. I have had on numerous occasions, and not to mention this actually happened just a couple weeks ago, where I have been quizzed to prove that I know enough. And quizzed to the point to where the person asking me the question asked the question wrong and I had yeah. to correct them. <laughs> nice. But isn't that always the best? Isn't that always the sweetest victory when somebody's like, let's see just how much you know about Star Wars. And then you're like, well, I know enough to know that you don't know anything about it. <laughs> I, I was in a Lego store once and uh, and and somebody was talking about the, the Lego Millennium Falcon and they said something about, oh, I'm a huge Star Wars fan. And then they, they, I can't remember exactly how they said it, but they said something about like, oh yeah, I know, I know everything about the Millennium Falcon. Like, uh, like those, look, they even got the plasma cannons on the top. And I was like, plasma cannons? What? There's no plasma cannons on the Millennium Falcon, buddy. And he was like, oh yeah, there's plasma cannons right there. They're on the top. It's like, no, that's not, those aren't plasma cannons. Those are quad, quad laser cannons on, on the top and bottom of the Millennium Falcon. He was like, no. I'm pretty sure they're plasma cannons. I was like, okay, buddy, you just, you go ahead and think that. But, I, uh, but you know, I, I have books that support what I have to say, and you, you, you just came up with plasma cannons. So, you know, like, I think we, uh, we, as Star Wars fans, we, we encounter that sort of person a lot of the time. For my money, the person who's got to go and, like, brag about facts in order to, 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 
I, I sort of support their Star Wars fandom. Those aren't those aren't the real fans. It's the person who can get up and talk about feelings and emotions around Star Wars. Those are the real fans. And from what I've heard from from the cast of Rebels, they might not all have the knowledge. They might not all have the 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 actual like tech specs of a Star Wars fan, but from what I'm seeing, they all have the passion, and uh, and that's all that matters. That's that's what's going to come through on the screen at the end of the day is how much they love what they're doing and what they're a part of, and the rest of it, the knowledge and the information is going to come. Mm-hmm. They're going to learn that stuff because they're going to research stuff as as they as they do things. They're going to hear stuff from us when we you know meet them at at Comic Con and and Star Wars Celebration and. Go, oh, uh, can you sign my uh, my 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 E eleven blaster rifle? It's uh, it's really important to me, you know. Like, and they're gonna find out, you know, what kind of uh, braids uh, Boba Fett has on his on his shoulder, and you know, find out that they're made from Wookies. They they don't need to know that going in, but but they'll learn. They'll they'll get there. So yeah, yeah. So oh I yeah, they all they all do. Say that, but they all know, do. She, and like I remember. At Star Wars Weekends one time, I the way I did my autograph book, I actually taught Ray Park something. It was hilarious. <laughs> About Darth Maul, I'm assuming? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, because, and of course you're going to know more about Darth Maul than he is. He's a guy who came in and uh, and did some, some flippy flips and and, uh, and smashed lightsabers with, with, uh, with Liam Neeson and Ewan McGregor, and then he... You know, and then he kind of went home and went about the rest of his life, you know, playing Toad and the Headless Horseman and everything else that he's got to do. You know, he's uh, he's he doesn't have time to read the the Darth Maul novelization or the comic books, let alone both. <laughs> but we do because we're Star Wars fans. That's what's yeah. important to us. Yeah. So we're going to know these things. Right. But you know what it is, too, is it's like I said, it's with fans and Tim, you can you can chime in on this, too. It's like. Look how we think about Dave Filoni. He was—he said he's been a fan for a long time, and he came in and he and he and he treated it well, and he treated it right. I think there's just like a, a conception, or maybe a misconception, that if you know about Star Wars and you get a part in Star Wars, you're gonna automatically make it better or, or do a better job. You know what I mean? Does that make sense, Dan? Yeah, I can see where that thinking comes from, but that's not yeah. necessarily the case at all. Right. Get great right. performance from someone who doesn't know anything about it, but yeah, going back to the whole uh, <laughs> Samuel <Thomas>. Jackson. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's not go there. Yeah, well, I was just gonna say going back to the whole question that was asked to Tia Sirkar. I mean, after that guy asked that stupid question, she handled it and gave like a great answer to it too. You can hear the audio pretty much of the whole panel is out there online, but mm-hmm. she answered it respectfully and just kind of said what we we're talking about. How yeah, she saw the movies as a kid, but wasn't necessarily a big fan but then after getting the part you started watching them and just growing to love the story and the saga of star wars and then now she ends up watching the clone wars on netflix not because she had to just get familiar with the characters but because she wanted to now and that she's becoming a fan just like everyone else so it just goes back to what we're talking about mm-hmm. you, you get into star wars even though you don't know too much you'll end up like you said by coming out the other end as a big fan by the time it's over with so yeah even though it was a dumb question that she handled it perfectly and just gave a great respectful answer answer to it which she really didn't have to but she took the high road well yeah i mean of course she is because she has to represent the brand well you know and she that's probably what she cares about more than anything and i bet you they have all been prepped for this kind of stuff 
you know, if they ask you a question like this, you know, don't say this, which is what yeah. you really want to say. But I'm say sure. something like this. But I wonder how she really feels, you know, like if it were me, I would try and handle it the same way she did. And then once I left the panel, I'd be like, someone go get that guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm sure that Dave Filoni handed her uh, uh, Ashley Eckstein's phone number and was like, look, you're going to play a Mandalorian. There's a lot of things you're, you're going to be asked, and there's a lot of things you're going to have to worry about. Uh, you should give Ashley a call and, uh, and see how she dealt with being Ahsoka, who was pretty much hated through the first season. And uh, I'm, I'm sure that she, they've had conversations <laughs> at, yeah. at Star Wars weekends and all that to say, and, you know, um, because Ashley is one of those people that, that I think going in, she, she was a fan of Star Wars. She knew Star Wars. She knew what it was. But now she's she's uh, she's like one of the people to look up to, especially for for the 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 ladies in the community with what she's done with her universe and and sort of letting people know Star Wars isn't just for boys, right? So um, it's it's uh, it's uh, it's interesting. I think we're moving forward with the brand uh, with, with the Disney acquisition and with with all of this new content. Because it's now 2014 and it's not 1977, one female character isn't good enough. We gotta have lots of female characters. There, there yeah. has to be equal representation. And I think when I look at the cast here, I see I see three guys, two girls, and a droid. So like that's our that's our our cast of of, of heroes, right? So uh, I, I think that, that Dave Filoni gets that. I think that Lucasfilm gets that. I think when you've got Kathleen Kennedy at the head of that, that uh, juggernaut, that, that you can't avoid it. But I do think that there's also there's going to be some backlash, both in the sense that, that as we saw with Episode 7, people are going to say that you're not doing enough. And then there's going to be a lot of guys in the community that feel a lot of ownership over what Star Wars was. And I'm going to emphasize was because we're moving forward. Like this is a train and it's not stopping. So you get on or you get out of the way. Um, (laughs) But there are going to be a lot of guys who want to keep Star Wars where it was, which was very much uh, from the exterior, a boys club. And those of us who've been to Star Wars Celebration, I think that we can say absolutely not it's it's never been that and it it never will be that but i think that there are a lot of people out there and i think when you when you get a con like like comic-con which is a little bit more general it's a little bit more like everything it's not just star wars or it's not just sci-fi or just comics or just whatever it's it's kind of everything now you're gonna get those people who have those weird uh archaic opinions of what star wars is and they they just want pretty girls to to be slave Leia or or you know Padme in a rip jumpsuit right like all that's, right, there we go that's all they care about that's what the what female characters are in Star Wars for in their opinion and they don't see the other characters they don't see Ayla Secura they don't see all the rest of Padme's handmaidens <laughs> they don't see Mon Mothma they don't see these other characters that are that are really strong female characters. I, that are really cool that add all this extra dimension to Star Wars. So, I don't know, maybe, Teresa, you can talk a little bit about what it's like right now with 
with things sort of changing a little bit for Star Wars and and it becoming a little bit more uh, a little bit more equal, a little bit more more uh, I, safe for girls, especially young girls, to start getting into. What 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 what's your opinion? What are you feeling? In the in sort of the the environment in the ecosystem around Star Wars, obviously with fangirls going rogue, you, you're you're pretty tapped into that that community. <laughs> Maybe or the fact that I'm a girl. <laughs> yeah, well that's um, well. <laughs> well, first things first, like all the archaic guys that think that Star Wars should stay a boys' club, I'm going to punch you on the face. Um, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> no, um, it's it's changed a lot and I would say that since about 2010 it's been growing a little bit at a time but I would say 2013 was a huge year that just catapulted you know girls in fandom so fangirls if you will it catapulted us into this whole new place I th- and I think you guys can agree like you guys have seen the influx of our demand for representation strong female characters things being equal you know, um, recognizing female fans and recognizing just, you know, female bloggers and fan kids and all that stuff, you guys have seen that grow, like, fast, really quickly. And I think part of it is because of her universe. I think part of it is because of Ashley. And then I think part of it is because of all of the girls that have been willing to put, put them out there and say, hey, I am a geek girl, you know, and I like this stuff. And they take to the web and they make their voice heard and I think it's because of a lot of that and then it's also because of not just Dave Filoni but people like Greg Wiseman I mean Greg Wiseman has been making strong female characters for a long time you know and having people that know how to write female characters and being a part of these shows and then not just that but even like Disney hiring you know female creatives you know, and Lucasfilm hiring female creatives and people like Amy Beth Christensen, you know, and other people that are involved in the process. Um, and then we have people that have our backs, you know, um, like Kathleen Kennedy and, um, oh my gosh, her name is, Miss. I'm losing it right now, but she's like one of the head people in Lucasfilm. Um, Tracy Canobio and you guys who know Mary Franklin there we go um you know and then you know Christy Golden with the books and basically there's all these girls that are coming out of the woodwork and it's not that they weren't there before they've always been there it's just that and even like even including me I mean maybe it's just that we're now starting to embrace the voice that we have on the inside of us and being willing to come out you know, and for instance, be on a podcast with three other guys. You know what I mean? But feel like a, but feel like an equal, and yeah. not feel like I'm just here. You know, to have like a girl voice to break up. You know, the sound of guy voices. Um, and you know, for even it's just it's so amazing to be a part of it. And I've seen it grow a lot, and I hope it keeps growing. And I hope that it can grow in a way, in a respectful way, you know, where we're not trying to say anything to guys and say, like, that we're better than you, not at all. Mm -hmm. We just want to say, like, hey, we're here too, and we have opinions and we have thoughts and we're creative and we can be a part of the universe too, and, you know, can we come play? 
Like, that's pretty much all we're saying. But I feel like some people may take that as saying that we're trying to push guys out of the way, and that's not the case at all. Um, we try and say on Fangirls Going Rogue, like, we love our fanboy brothers in fandom. Like, we do. I mean, it wouldn't be fun, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. if it was just yeah. all girls all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it's just grown a lot. And I'm just really happy to see characters like Hera and Sabine and hopefully, you know, more characters that come out. And then whoever, Daisy Ridley and, you know, all of them are playing in Episode 7. I can't wait to find out. I think it'll be awesome, even if they're small roles. I don't care. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I want to bring up somebody that you mentioned, and is not female, but you mentioned Greg Weissman. And Brian Young from Big Shiny Robot and Full of Sith, he, i, I got to give credit to him because he just posted this just a few minutes ago. And it, it kind of begs the question that I was reading. I was like, wow, um, where was Greg Weissman? He wasn't at the panel. Apparently, he tweeted somebody tweeted him uh, over the weekend saying, hey, uh, Greg, how come you're not at the panel? And he had two words. He says, don't know. Um, and I guess uh, one of the voice actors said something about he's not writing episode or uh, season two. So uh, I guess the question was, what happened? You know, is he out already? Is he Was he just there to do the first season and he's gone? So just a question that he posed. And since you brought him up, Teresa, I thought I'd just throw it out there. That was just one of the things that came out of San Diego. Because he was down there, apparently. He was down there. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah, he, he, he definitely was. I, yeah. It's very interesting because Weissman de- does have a history with Disney, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, there was there were definite bad feelings around Gargoyles and a lot, around a lot of the stuff that happened with that show. Hmm. So uh, maybe uh, maybe history's repeating itself. <laughs> maybe maybe <laughs> yeah. this is cause to be a little bit worried because Weissman's been a big part of it. Um, I oh, mean, yeah. so has Simon Kinberg, but. But uh, I, I like because I pointed at I, I think I said this in one of our early episodes. This ensemble really reminds me of Gargoyles, mm-hmm. right? Which was also an ensemble show, and it kind of had these different characters to fill these different archetypes. And uh, and Rebels definitely feels a lot like that. Maybe not like not beat for beat. I wouldn't say that there are any characters that are directly analogous to to any of the Gargoyles characters here. But just in the sense that that Gargoyles was not a good show because of Goliath or because of Lexington or because of this character or that character, Gargoyles was a great show because of everybody, because of how all those characters work together and how pairing uh, Elisa with, with Brooklyn for one episode was cool and then throwing her together with Broadway in another episode was cool. And sometimes Xanatos would carry an episode by himself, right? So those were the things that made that show really great. And and I saw a lot of those similarities early on with what we were seeing with, with Star Wars Rebels. So to hear that, that, that he might not be associated with the show moving forward is a little bit distressing for me because I think that's one of the things that I was looking forward to the most. Um, and I know that, that people are big fans of him from, from Young Justice as well. So, so that's, uh, that's, that's not the best news. This is the first time hearing of it. So, okay. so I'm, I'm a little shocked. <laughs> yeah, no, it's just something that I read today, and, it's, and it, it didn't even dawn on me until I read that. And I, whoa, yeah, that's, that is kind of interesting. 
So we just talked about uh, a lot of the voice actors and, and stuff like that. Let's get into some of the characters that we're going to see. And here's a quick look ahead of what we're going to see in Rebels. coming out Mike and, and look at all these characters I mean we saw something about Bale coming back Obi-Wan we heard that in the trailer was C-3PO Luminara all these characters that we've seen in the Clone Wars are coming back to this Rebels and then of course I guess the overarching story Mike is going to be um, and you kind of heard it a little bit there in the clip is um, Ezra possibly becoming uh, a Jedi Knight what do you think yeah, I think one of the coolest things, and we, we've talked about this, is it was speculation before, but it's kind of been confirmed now, that I that one of the cool things about Ezra and Kanan is that that it's going to be about uh, Kanan discovering what it means to be a Jedi through teaching Kanan, or through teaching Ezra how to be a Jedi. So uh, there's an mm -hmm. important part of the of the Jedi way that involves that master Padawan relationship. And, uh, and, and we're going to find out, uh, I think hopefully very early on, and I, and maybe Tim can confirm this, mm -hmm. just how little, uh, training Kanan has received. Uh, because I think if we, if we do the math, he was pretty young when, when order 66 went down. Right. So, um, probably close to Ezra's age, I would imagine. So, mm -hmm. Uh, I don't know, Tim. Can you can you enlighten us on that? Yeah, they didn't go into too much of Kanan's uh, backstory 
okay. know, pretty much how he was as a Jedi in those first two episodes. But I did get the impression that he's been pretty well trained <laughs> as a Jedi before Order 66 went down. He pretty oh, much yeah? seemed to have a good grasp on the Force and the, the Jedi way and that those okay. type of things. So at least that's the impression I got from those episodes. We'll see how much I'll, they delve back into his backstory in future ones. I'll, I'll hopefully have some more information for everybody soon because... Uh, uh, Andy from uh, the Flash podcast, which you guys should all, all check out, uh, he was at Comic-Con, and he picked up one of the copies of the, because the, they were giving away free copies of, of The New Dawn, the uh, the first uh, book in, in the series for, uh, for Star Wars Rebels. So uh, it's a prequel to uh, the TV series, and, and apparently it gives a lot of backstory on Hera and Kanan and how they kind of came across each other's paths and, and a little bit about the two of them. So hopefully that'll shed some light and give us some more information. I should have my hands on that pretty soon, and I'll, uh, ugh, it's going to be rough, because I'm not usually one for actually reading books, but, but I'll try and dig <laughs> into it as quickly as listen I Listen to books, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, like to I listen to books. But. I can't wait for my ARC, too, but once you read it and stuff, you need to let me know, because I'm going to have you on Bookworms. <laughs> there you go. Nice, okay. Teresa. Teresa, okay. I don't, did you get a chance to? Uh, I, I mean, obviously you saw, but we played a little bit of the look ahead clip from that was released, and yeah. we talked about some of the characters uh, that are coming back. You know, Bale, C three PO, Obi Wan, Luminara, stuff like that. And then we talked about. I think you caught at the tail end there about how it seems the overarching story of this will be Ezra coming into his own as a Jedi. So, anything you wanted to add to to that, or what you saw this weekend? No, I mean. I got really excited when I saw R2, so yeah, I yeah. I started doing a fangirl flail. That's what we call it. I was <laughs> my hands were going, you know, like all Kermit style. Um, so <laughs> I, that, I yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I didn't expect to see them. And then the the little banter between Chopper and R2 was amazing. Mm-hmm. So if that's gonna be around in the show, I cannot wait. <laughs> Yeah, I just, I just, the, the, the comedy that you put in it, just, it, it was working for me. Just, and just the part of the trailers that I saw, I was like, man, you know, it's just pretty good. There was a couple of clips with uh, Zeb uh, flying a, a, a TIE fighter. Yeah, and, that was and, hilarious. Yeah, I mean, it's just some cool stuff. Tim, I, I think you mentioned earlier, it just, it seemed to all work for you. It had that original trilogy, quirky, um, just good, you know, comedy, and, and it worked really well. You said that in, the, in these first two episodes, right? Yeah, the stuff we saw in that trailer and then that other clip they released with uh, Zeb and Ezra, like you were talking about, on the type yeah. That's like the type of humor that played out throughout those first two episodes at the screening. And like you said, it just worked and it just clicked. They could tell yeah. they had yeah. a chemistry together with all the characters right away. Right, right. Yeah, the chemistry. That's that's it right there. Um, yeah, so I mean, all the stuff that came out, huge, huge weekend for Star Wars Rebels. Nothing with Episode 7, but a huge weekend for Rebels. So that was, was really cool to get all that info and all those new trailers and and it looks like it's uh, it's going in that right direction, Mike. I know there was there was a few times in the, our first couple of podcasts we were kind of we were kind of wondering about a couple of things, but it seems like it's it's all coming together. Um, anything you wanted to finish up with, Mike, before we we close it up? No, uh, I mean I can't believe we've gone this entire episode without without really uh, getting into it. I guess because the the news kind of came out a couple weeks ago, or maybe about a week and a half ago, mm-hmm. without I. Uh, you know, and then we were kind of waiting to record this episode, and then Comic Con happens. But James Arnold Taylor's back as as Obi Wan Kenobi, so 
Uh, I could oh, yeah. be oh, excited. more excited. And we can't, I think we may have had some leaked stuff of Obi-Wan when we recorded our last episode. But but right. to have the official uh, uh, proof that, that James Arnold Taylor is back as Obi-Wan, um, I, I'm interested to see just how often that holocron's going to come out and maybe how much information Obi-Wan's going to have uh, to impart to our, uh, our Padawan along the way. But mm. uh, I don't... Again, Tim, can you tell us anything? Yeah, I will say you will see Obi-Wan in the first two episodes. <laughs> like okay. we wow. Saw the right. So did, just... did it seem like the holocron? Because it, it, he, he opens up what looks like a holocron to me, right? Yeah. And, and, and Obi-Wan's message pops out. It, did it seem like there's more, that like there's lessons or something from Obi-Wan? Or? See, I was kind of split on that because it definitely is a holocron. But when you hear the dialogue he says in that recording, it sounded like the message she left for the Jedi in episode three, where okay. he's telling them not to come back to Coruscant. But I'm kind of hoping, too, that that's just like a little section of the holocron. And then hopefully throughout certain episodes, Ezra and Kanan will go back to the holocron and they'll get new yeah. wisdom from Obi-Wan throughout the course of the season and stuff like that. But the, the dialogue he says in the trailer, the extended trailer we got earlier before Comic-Con, is pretty much what we got in the first episodes and it was just like a good uh montage segment with his voice uh and this the speech that he was giving in that recording just works so well you just can't help but get chills when you're hearing him say the lines he does so it worked oh, yeah. really well in the episodes i just hope yeah. there is more because i definitely want to hear it well you know if they've got a holocron with obi-wan at some point they've got to go you know what? This is too difficult. We need to go find Obi Wan, yeah. <laughs> right? And go uh, and try and track him down on Tatooine or something, or try and figure out where he is. But uh, maybe they'll search for Obi Wan, but not be able to find him. Like I said in a previous episode, uh, if Obi Wan ever leaves Tatooine for any reason, which which I'm not okay with, it's not something that I want to see. <laughs> our heroes yeah. can go to him, and then he can tell them to leave because he's got an important mission. But uh, if we do see him leave Tatooine for any reason, I want to see him in that Marvel Comics black outfit with the white belt and the white boots, and uh, that's how I want to see Obi Wan Kenobi in in Star Wars Rebels. But uh, <laughs> I'll have to make that request directly to Dave Filoni before there's any hope of that ever happening. <laughs> so when I see him at Star Wars Celebration next year, I'll be sure. Yeah, of course. To of throw course. that at him. Yeah. Well, I'm so glad that that at least one of our team got a chance to go. Mm-hmm. I know we've, we've been invited to the Darth Maul screening. That was fantastic. I got yes. to go to that. And, and hopefully we'll get another chance at uh, Star Wars Celebration Anaheim. Or maybe we'll get a chance to, to get a sneak peek of something, you know, episode seven. Uh, but, you know, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. So I'm glad Tim got to go. I was, and we got the insight. We got the insight. Yeah. Too, so that's good. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And you're, you're going to talk about it more on, uh, on, on the saga continues, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. The more chances I get to talk about it, the better. <laughs> okay, cool. So people should definitely be tuning in for the next episode of that. Yeah. Anything else, anything else you want to plug, Tim? Um, just Star Wars The Saga Continues, and then for any Batman fans out there, you can check out my Batman podcast. It's called uh, The Bat Fans Podcast over at The Batman Universe. Just real laid-back conversations about Batman, talking about comics, and just any other topic regarding the Cape Crusader we could think of. So you should check that out. Cool. That's pretty much it on my end. Or oh, Definitely. Cool. I. Uh, what about you, Teresa? What, what do you want to plug? 
<laughs> Didn't I plug everything already? No, <laughs> sure, um, but just remind everybody. Okay, so podcasts, Fangirls Going Rogue, Star Wars Bookworms, and Disney Vault Talk. Um, and then, actually, here's a couple of things I don't really ever talk about. Um, I have a channel on YouTube called Fangirl Chat, where Trisha Barr and I talk about everything not Star Wars. Hmm. So... The rest of our geek lives are there. And then I have my own website called fangirlnextdoor.com where I just kind of write stuff and geek out and do movie reviews and book reviews and whatever. Toy reviews. I do a lot of toy reviews. Maybe you should start your own podcasting network. Well, Whoa, no. I just blew your mind right there. No, I actually <laughs> I had a podcast for my website, but um, it, it got kind of hard doing it by myself, so I shut it down. So now I just kind of I do what I do now. So and it's that's an, it, good and it's, it's working good, good right? It's yeah. good. <laughs> yeah, of course. That's like me, you know. I, I I get to come on with Mike and I talk a lot and I let him do all the post production. Hey, it's all good, right? <laughs> right. All the shows I do, I don't do any of the post production. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> Just come on and go, Mike. Anything else before we uh, sign off? No, you know what? I think that's it. Right. I I. We will have one more episode of, of Frontlines, the Clone Wars podcast yes, before yes. we we uh, a wrap up show. You know, close close the uh, the the door on that one for good. Yeah. Um, so everybody should head over to clonewarspodcast.com dot com and check that out. And and you know what? If you're if you're a new uh, fan to the to the television Star Wars universe, you're just going back and watching the Clone Wars now. I I don't know. I might. I might be a little biased, but I like to think that Frontlines is a good companion to that. So you can you can go back to our back catalog, um, all 137 episodes so far. Uh, yes. There will be 138 when we're done, um, and that covers everything all the way from season one. So, yeah. so I uh, check that out, and uh, and uh, yeah, I guess that's it. Uh, other than that, you guys can can stay up to date on all of the latest Star Wars Rebels news by going to rebelspodcast.com, uh, following us on Twitter at rebelspodcast, and on Facebook at facebook.com slash rebelspodcast. You can also catch me on uh, my other podcasts, as I mentioned, Frontlines, the Clone Wars podcast, but there's also the Pullbox podcast at pullboxpodcast.com. And I, I quiver the Green Arrow podcast, which we should be starting back up in October with new episodes uh, when, when Arrow comes back. That's at quiverpodcast.com. So uh, that's all my stuff. What about what about you, Matt? Where else can people find you? Oh, just at the Starlight Pit podcast as well. We're going uh, getting back into recording here. We've been taking a – we just do it once a month, you know, just have a little fun talking about the deeper, deeper stuff, trying to go – a little deeper into the in the Star Wars universe, talking about our favorite this and favorite that, and, and uh, we have a good time over there. So that's it, man. You're going to be uh, busy in October with Rebels and and uh, Quiver, Mike. I am, as I've right. said before. I'm glad that we have a a, a shorter season for Rebels. Yes, yeah, <laughs> sixteen episodes. Yeah, sixteen. But I so that that's good because because I, I got my hands full with Quiver uh, and uh, and yeah. Robots. But but yeah, definitely. So I we will be back. With uh, the, the initial plan was five prologue episodes, mm-hmm. and then we'd come back when the series started. But since the series isn't starting until October, you can look forward to at least two more episodes of Rebels Podcast before then. So check back with us in about a month's time, mm-hmm. and we'll, we'll, we'll hopefully have some more guests and some more news. And uh, maybe some reviews of the Lego sets, if I'm lucky and I can track one down. Um, 
and all that sort of thing because they are out in the wild for people who are collectors. But uh, but that does it for this episode of the Rebels podcast. Thank you guys for listening, and we will catch you next time. See you guys next time.